Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ferrari achieve their goal as Leclerc starts on pole for the Italian Grand Prix. Surely there is no way that Ferrari can mess this up. Welcome to episode 230 of the Grid Talk podcast. My name is Lee Edwards and today we are going to be reviewing qualifying for the 2022 Italian Grand Prix. Joining me today is Tom Downey from the Everything F1 podcast. Hello. And F1 writer Olivia Cairo. Hello. Um, but before we start, if you enjoy this podcast, we'd love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and a five-star or a five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, if you do, you'll automatically be entered um, into our monthly draw to win a grid talk piece of merchandise. So uh, make sure to. If you enjoy the podcast, leave us five stars. And if you're one of the 70% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider subscribing. Um, of course, we all uh, also preface this um, this podcast by talking about the sad passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, we've seen a lot of Formula One teams paying tribute. And here on the F1 Grid Talk, um, we'll also pay um our tribute to her as well. Um, but um, we'll quickly uh, move on to the weekend ahead and the race ahead tomorrow. So seven drivers, um, oh no, is it seven or is it nine? No, nine drivers uh, tomorrow have drive penalties. So this podcast, we're going to go in qualifying results order because at the time of recording there's yet to be an official starting grid uh we're just going to see how much of a broken system this is if we're still trying to figure out a starting grid so i should probably say that max verstappen has a five place grab penalty esteban Ocon also has five places 10 places for sergio perez 15 for valtteri bottas as well as kevin magnuson nick schumacher and Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, and Yuki Tsunoda all have penalties. That means they'll start from the back of the grid. Um, so please keep that in mind as we run through these orders that um, <laughs> the, this grid is going to look very different um, tomorrow. But at least we'll know one man where he's starting tomorrow, Tom, and that is Charles Leclerc. He got pole position. It's his pole position. He's got no penalties. He will be starting there something drastically horrible <coughs> happens overnight but you know two tenths clear of the staff and on a track that we thought rebel are going to be a lot stronger on there's a mighty fine drive from Charles Leclerc today yeah I mean Leclerc at his team's home race you know, with, the, with the with the pace that Ferrari has even when Ferrari's strategy gets in the way it's it's been a it's been one you know, it's been an absolute hum- no, not an opposite of handling of cars. It's been an absolute sensation this year. Apart from when Ferrari do hashtag Ferrari things, and then the engines chew themselves, and everything else chews itself. Um, yeah, you know, with the sort of backing of of, of the Tifosi around him, 
we saw last weekend with Max and Zandro, it gives you that extra tenth, that extra two tenths. It really gives you that boost. And um, yeah, it's uh, after seeing the laps he was putting in, uh, I, I, even before quality started, I thought he was going to get pole. The Ferrari just looked so quick, even in the practice session. So yeah, so it's down to Ferrari to not mess it up royally, which is easier said than done. Um, you know, they've made a bit of a habit of it this year. So let's uh, let's see what they do tomorrow. But yeah, storming out from, from Leclerc, looked strong throughout quality, pulled out the laps when it mattered. And yeah, he's, um, he's you know, he's just, he's, 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 he's already got sort of like one hand on the, on the winner's trophy for tomorrow, I think. Yes, it looks like that for, for now. But Olivia... You do have to remember there is a very quick Dutchman who will be coming, will have to make a few overtakes tomorrow to catch up with Charles Leclerc. But Max Verstappen did um, put his car second in qualifying. He'll either start fourth or fifth tomorrow. We're not too sure. But it's definitely manageable for Max. We just know how quick that uh, Red Bull is in a uh, straight line. There is a very good possibility that he could still win the race tomorrow. Oh, yeah, definitely. We've seen Max come back from, I think, 14th to first in 18 laps. We've seen him come back from so many places behind the grid. So I think starting, I think he should start seventh because he has five, a five uh, place grid penalty and he's second right now. Well, he qualified second. So um, starting in P7 and going up all the way to P1 does not seem like such a task for Max. So a lot has to be done on Charles's um, side and he has to do a lot in his Ferrari to put to put space between himself and everyone behind him so he can keep on going and hopefully win a race in his home and for for Ferrari's home. Um, and so yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's gonna be hard for Max to catch up, but we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's key to remember that, yeah, it does knock him down to seventh, but we also have to remember the signs press and Hamilton also have their own individual penalties as well who would be ahead of him. So um, fourth does look like it's realistic uh, starting place. Um, so, yeah, Tom, P3 for Carlos Sainz. Um, his job, you know, might be job to get third, but his job today was to give Leclerc that assist to get him onto pole. And but uh, this Ferrari does look quick. I don't think there's any anyone who's going to doubt that. So, how easy, difficult do you think it'll be for Carlos Sainz to get that Ferrari back into the point to maybe, maybe podium contention? Given the speed of that Ferrari, the Claire should be able to. Uh, sorry, Sainz should be able to get it back into the points, no problem. I say should. Um, you know, Monza this year, I think with these cars, I think overtaking is going to be a bit easier. Obviously, slipstreaming is a lot more efficient. You know, the cars aren't as affected by the turbulent air as, as excuse me, as last year's cars were. Um, so fingers crossed, you know, we'll see a bit more overtaking and, and a little less um DRS train looking at you, Alonso, down down the straights. Um it's uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, science. He, he needs to clear 
either a few of the cast in front of him, so, so the likes of the Alpha, you know, the Alpha Males, you know, if the, if, you know, the, um, the Vries in, in the Williamsons. You can hardly see the Mercedes because I don't think the Mercedes have quite got the pace. You know, they look strong at the start of the weekend, but they've fallen down a bit. Um, you know, so, so science needs to clear those sort of like midfield runners. Um, well, within the first handful of laps. By the time DRS is opened, he needs to be in P10. Ideally, he needs to be P10 by the end of the first lap. But that's saying an awful lot because he's got to keep his nose clean going into turn one. And as we've just seen in the Formula 2, um, it's not just about turn one, it's about going into the first Lesmo, then to the second Lesmo, and then obviously the run down to the um, Ascari uh, chicane as well. So he just needs to keep his nose clean he said not overdrive the car like he has done a few times this year. Uh, what What's the race of the start of the season? Um, I think it was Imola, actually, the other Italian race we've had where he overdrove the car trying to make it places and he ended up, and he ended up spinning out. Um, I think he did the same thing in Australia as well. You know, so if he just eases off 5 or 10%, especially as the cars are running such skinny rear wings in, you know, at Monza, the Templar speed, yeah, he just needs to uh, just needs to just keep his nose clean, let all the shenanigans happen around him, and drive off ahead of them, flicking the middle finger like Mister Bean. Uh, <laughs> maybe so I was, I'd characterise that to more Fernando Alonso if he was doing that cutting through the field, um, but you never know. Um, you never know with signs. Hopefully, he can keep his uh, nose clean. Um, another driver that's going to keep need to keep their nose clean as well. Olivia is Sergio Perez, qualified fourth, but he's got a penalty. He'll be starting down at the back. Um, you know, we've we've already spoken about the fact that Max has such an ease about him to you know get up the grid, but Perez d- hasn't yet shown that level of ease. Do you think? He is going to get bogged down at all tomorrow, or do you think he will slowly just find his way back to you know the top four, top five as we would expect? Um, it's hard to say with it's hard to say with Perez because you tend to see it, it it wanes with him. Sometimes you get quite consistent top five finishes, but other times, even within the top five finishes, there's such a gap between him and Max that you do kind of question whether he's there purely because of his own driving or they're purely because the Red Bull is faster than other cars. So you don't really, you can't really, well, from my point of view, I don't, you, you, you have to kind of um, just brace yourself. And um, it's, it's hard to say with Sergio. So I, I guess for tomorrow, I will go in, to the race with the thought that he can put it up in um, top five and hopefully in some way help Max um, get to the front of the grid, which is kind of what he has to do now in in the second Red Bull. Um, I guess he's kind of started to solidify his place as Max's support, which sounds really bad, but... um, that's just how it does seem to come off, well, at least to me. Um, and so, yeah, I think all you all we can expect from Sergio is that he will be able to definitely put it up there and move up um, 
in places, but I don't think we can expect a podium finish, but rather just support in any way that he can along the way up for Max. Yeah, it, it's been a bit of a weird uh, season for Perez. Yeah, he's really not I've been on the level of Max as we've seen um, a lot of the time. Uh, Tom, move on to your favourite driver now, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, qualified P5. Um, of course, he'll be starting at the back of the grid. But the penalties, I feel like I'm going to say this a lot um, <laughs> today. But I would have thought going into qualifying that Lewis would have done kind of what Sainz has done. He knows he's going to start at the back of the grid, therefore try and aid George to uh, get as high up the grid as he possibly can. But uh, he ends up without qualifying, Russell. So... Uh, Fair play to Lewis, but uh, tomorrow is going to mean, well, quite little. But um, what are you expecting from Lewis Hamilton tomorrow? Um, I mean, we're talking about drivers who are able to cut through the field and who are able to make up other places. Few people do it better than Hamilton. Um, but nobody ever thought they'd hear me say that. Um, you know, say it through gritted teeth. But um, no, but, you know, if you look at... Uh, you know, had you know so many races in his past where he's sort of come through the field. Granted, he's had better car all, all the rest of it then. Um, but you know, you know, he's still got the ability in him as a driver to do it. Whether the car can withstand it, because it, it looked like it was, it, it looked like um, Merck was having trouble firing up his tires and and, and then was you know, having balance issues and all the rest of it. I, I wonder if I wonder if the brakes were cooling down too much and the tires were possibly. Overheating going going into the turns because the move this is not brilliant. Um, but you know he, he qualified George again, um, and even if he did give him a toe, you know he still he still like put himself ahead of him on merit. So even if he did go out ahead and you know, give him a toe and give him that boost down the straight, you know, Hamilton's won here you know, a few times and he knows what it takes to win. Obviously, you know, he's wins and all that stuff. Not going to go over everything he's got because we're not going enough time, um, you know, because he's won so much. To be fair, but he's, um, you know, he'll, um, he knows how to work his way through a field. So, what I said about signs, where, where I said I said I hope signs doesn't try and overdrive it. And Hamilton, you don't have to think that. You just know that he he will just do what he does, and you know he might get stuck in a bit of DRS here and there, you know, for long. So. Decides to uh, decides to sort of throw it back to 2007 again. You might get in the way, but I, you know, you know I, I think Hamilton will get back into the points. Um, I don't think he's going to sort of like be romping back up to like P4 after after a dozen laps. Uh, the um, the Merck this year just hasn't quite got it. But I think Hamilton's got it in himself, you know, in in his own ability to get that car back into the points. And Merck may all play a blinder of strategy like they so nearly did last week. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'll let you now relax, Tom. I know it's probably very difficult for you to say some of those things about Lewis Hamilton. Um, but um, Olivia, George Russell, regardless of what Lewis was going to do, he's starting on the front row tomorrow. Um, you know, we've seen such consistency from George Russell. It would seem that he's going to get another top five finish. But with all these drivers that will be coming back, we know that Max has a good chance of attack. There's going to be threat from the McLarens behind. 
is there a chance that George Russell is able to stay on the podium and keep that top three? Or do you feel like he'll maybe fall a little bit out, maybe fourth or fifth, and just still keep that consist- consistent top five finishes going? I think the fact that George has kept his consistency in the top five for God knows how long um, is a testament to him staying on the podium tomorrow. Because um, I just like I mentioned before with Sergio Perez, it's hard to say if it's hard to know where you can place him each as each race goes along. And he kind of has slid back and kind of settled into being the second driver in Red Bull. But with George, you still do get the consistency and you still get his you still get to see his driver ability shine through. So um, I don't think that he will slip uh, after the podium, which is quite bold to say. Um, but I will keep the faith in that all these previous P5 finishes will result in a podium this weekend. Uh, also because Monza has given us like two different race winners in the past like two races. So I guess I can carry that on into having George in the podium because he's not really usually in it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think yeah, as, a, as a British fan of the, of the sport, of course, we all want to see, um, I want to personally see Russell uh, do well. And I think tomorrow is a really good shot at him getting yet another podium. And I think we, we, we all know just how strong George has been this year. He's been an absolute... He's been an absolute animal to contend with. Um, Tom, P7 for Lando Norris, but he will be starting on the second row of the grid. And last time McLaren started on the second row of the grid, uh, well, they won uh, here in Monza. So um, I I ask a question to you, Tom. Will Lando Norris win? Uh, No. I think I was stretching with that question. I, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate the optimism, but nah. Um, I think Leclerc will probably have a stone up tomorrow, given he's starting ahead. He can just set a bit of distance, save his tyres, bish bash bosh, drink the champagne, or drink the Kool-Aid, as the cool kids say. Um, no, um, Norris has a good chance of being in with some decent points tomorrow. Um, you know, realistically, He's going to get passed by Max. Um, he's probably going to have a bit of a ding-dong with Perez and Sainz when they're coming through. They will probably get past just because of the difference in, in the cars. Um, you know, uh, He'll be able to fight with the Mercedes, though, because the Mercedes and the McLarens looked about on pace with each other, certainly today in qualifying. So, uh, yeah, Norris... Mm, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see him stand on the top step. And like last year, when he when he so nearly had it in um, in Russia, it was just like, it was so close, but yeah, so far. But uh, I don't think this season is that season. Um, you know, I, you know I, I just, I just don't, I don't think the car's got it in them. Um, and if he's going to get a win, he's going to need his teammate to actually be able to keep up with him and compete and as I say that, I'm going to read myself and just do one action. <laughs> it says, either, no words said, but a thousand words uttered. Um, 
But we'll move on to Daniel Ricardo, Olivia. Um, I mean, P8 is definitely better than what we've seen from Daniel in quite a long time. It does seem that he enjoys this track and he feels most comfortable with the McLaren around this track. And given he'll also get quite a bump again tomorrow, it could be the first time in a while that we see a really good points finish for Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, no, the McLarens do seem to be quite strong here. And I think it's carried on from last year. And um, as sad as this year has been for Daniel Ricciardo and um, as sadder as it gets because he's not going to be an F1 um, next year as of now. Um, hopefully it's a good race. Um, I'm going to keep on saying this, I think, as the rest of this episode goes on. But I hope that the momentum of last year carries on into this year in that we have completely shuffled podium and as as odd and as not likely as that sounds like it's it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen but I think I'll hold on to hope and be cautiously optimistic at the same time but I do think that he has the potential to carry on um quite well in this race and carry on with good points if not finish on the podium finish in the top 10 which he hasn't done for a long time just like you said um but I don't see him being quite good support for Lando Norris there just hasn't been that dynamic between the two of them even though there should be it just hasn't been there um there's quite a deficit in performance between both of the drivers so I don't know if at the same time as me being very optimistic, I don't think I can see Daniel doing quite well um, between him and Lando. I see, I see a gap that we, the gap we've seen for so, so long. I see the gap coming back between the two of them, um, and that's just the realistic side. The optimistic side is him on podium with Lando, or one of the two of them on podium, but I doubt it. Yes, uh, this is kind of the sad uh, reality at McLaren at the moment. And it's, uh, it's a shame that we've got gotten even this far. Um, Tom, P9 for Pierre Gasly. I believe he did have his last lap deleted um, for track limits or one of his Q3 runs were d- deleted for um, track limits. Um, but P9, he will obviously start further up due to penalties. But, you know, it's been a bit more of a competitive Pierre Gasly than we've seen in a while. That, this Alpha Tauri is very inconsistent. It's very weird and all over the place. But P9, I think we can say, is a decent result given where Alpha Tauri is. Yeah, um, I think that's a pretty good result for Gasly given how inconsistent Gasly been, like you said. And he's not quite been himself this year. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of speculation around him, around space, going to be driving next year. Because I believe yes, I believe he's signed a contract for next year. Um, not long after Paris announced his contract extension of Red Bull, I think it was. Um, so you know, so I wonder if there's a bit of sort of subliminal or sort of subconscious extra five ten percent going on in his driving and making him uh, you know, sort of sort of sort of him in in, in himself thinking that I need to show Alpine what I can do. I need to show them that I'm, you know, good at qualifying and, you know, you know trying to beat my teammate because that's the first port of where you get measured. So maybe there's that going on. Um, you know, he's going to start quite a way up the grid, obviously, with 
all the aforementioned grip penalties, I feel like I need to put that on copy and paste in my brain by this point because it seems to be the running theme for this podcast. And clearly, you're absolutely right that the system is inherently broken if it takes people this long to work out who starts and where and now have teams can basically get away with it because we saw it in Belgium, but I'm not going to go over that. Um, that'd be a good topic, I think. So, um, yeah, you know, Gazi, good, good quality. Um, the Alpha Tower, you know, you know that, that bed ball, Honda, power chain, whatever it's called these days. Obviously, got a decent bit of shove with it. And what's also interesting is the, the, the units, which are quote unquote old units, so, so, so power units which people have taken, or you know, certainly the Red Bull team have taken into penalties for. The old units don't appear to be losing as much performance as you know, as perhaps they were even last year. You know, they, they seem pretty consistent across the board. Um, you know, so it, I, you know, so he's, he's got that behind him. Um, and let's not forget, he knows what it takes to win here. He knows what it takes to hold off. You know, the, the charging McLaren or charging when well, it was Carlos Sainz, wasn't it, two years ago? So I still remember it to this day. I. Uh, I, I, I was a bit delirious when he won. He won. I'm so happy for him. Um, but no, let's uh, yeah, let's let's just keep everything cross for him. That, that, that he has a sort of clean getaway and that you know, he doesn't DNF and that he keeps in the points and gets. I, I'd say if he can cross the line, P8, good result. Yeah, unfortunately, that's where the uh, the kind of the standards have slipped to AlphaTauri. You know, he's going for a race winner here, being so consistent for two seasons to now P8 is considered a great result. It, um, it's kind of a bit of a fall from grace, um, well, in terms of uh, AlphaTauri. Um, but Olivia, running up the top 10 in um, Q3, Fernando Alonso in P10. I believe he, along with Gasly, had his lap time deleted. That's why he's got no time. But P- P10, decent. You know, even without the grid penalties, we'd still be talking about the fact that Alonso can keep this endless point streak going. He's doing such a good job. And with the penalties, it looks more even more likely that he'll continue this point streak going. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. It looks like he's going to continue um, doing such a good job. And if anything, this just kind of raises questions as to why exactly he's leaving Alpine and what exactly is going on in Alpine. Because if he's in a car that can do that, and if he's continuously being competitive in quite in the top team in the midfield, what exactly is going on and why? Is he leaving? But um, that's beside the point. I yes, he's poised to do quite well in this race weekend. Um, uh, yeah, not much to say. Um, he is ahead of his teammate Esteban Ocon. Um, that would be interesting to see how that's held, how that goes on for the first. Oh no, he's not ahead of Esteban Ocon because of penalties. Who's he ahead of anyway? Um, it's going to be interesting to see either way how it plays out between him and his teammate and also with the McLarens ahead of him because um, they're quite, they're in a bit of a tasty fight between them for the constructors' um, standings. And yeah, it should be interesting. 
Yes, I was actually going to mention the fact that Esteban Ocon is another one of these drivers who has a uh, a five, I believe he has a five place with penalty uh, for tomorrow. Uh, so he won't be starting behind his teammate. He'll be starting probably only two positions behind his teammate at the end of this. But um, Tom, we may as well move on to Esteban Ocon anyway. Um even with this penalty, he has been doing a mighty fine job this year and he's always seems to, you know, ring out good points, uh, finishes in that Alpine. I, you know, personally, I wouldn't expect anything different from Ocon. I think there's still a very good chance that he's going to get in that top 10 and he's going to score points tomorrow. I fully agree, mate. He's been one of the most consistent drivers on the grid this season. Aside from George Russell, obviously, he finished finished in the top five every race apart from his home race when he DNF'd. Um, Ocon has been you know, one of the most consistent drivers on the grid, especially given how his season sort of fluctuated last uh, last year. You know, Because he's doing quite well, then he got a contract extension, then he went downhill, then he went in Hungary, and he bish bash bosh. Here we are in 2022. Um, yeah, he's... Uh, he, yeah, Ocon's an interesting one because he's sort of just like goes about it, you don't really sort of realise what's going on. There's not an awful lot of sort of pomp and circumstance around him. And so you don't see that much of him on social media and, and all the rest of it. Maybe, maybe it's because I use social media less and less. But it's like, you know, you 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 always see um, uh, uh, um, people like Leclerc and obviously Hamilton and sort of Max does bits and, um, you know, a lot of the drivers, you see them posting things and... Um, and you know, you know, a few drivers have sort of big social profiles outside of everyone. You know, bigger than Hamilton, which is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing; it's a good thing. Um, you know, whatever you think about him, you can't you can't deny it. it is a good it is a good thing. But Ocon is one of those guys. He's sort of like he's the kind of guy who was sort of just like <sighs> if you if you had to like compare it, like um, so, so, someone like Latifi is like Tesco value. You know, just hit. Um, you get, uh, you know, you get like Hamilton and Max and that, who are like, they are like fully fed, they are like MS luxury bins or waiters, you know, a card or that kind of thing. Um, Ocon, he's like, he's like Morrison's, not big, not fancy, not flash, but he's reliable, would get the job done. Or, or, or you know, if, if, if you're listening in America, he's, he's like Walmart, you know, just, just gets the job done. You know, not big, not fancy, but just, you know, just, just, just. It's old, old faithful, old reliable. So that's, um, yeah. So that's that's my quip for this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I don't quite know how I started comparing drivers to supermarkets, but hopefully that makes sense. Don't worry, Tom. We love it. We love it. Um, P twelve, Olivia, um, Valtteri Bottas. Uh, I believe Bottas has a penalty, so he won't be starting P twelve. But home race for Alfa Romeo, we weren't going to really expect much with Alfa Romeo um, at all. They've really slipped since the start of the season and we're really not seeing the results that we saw earlier on. And, I mean, I don't think they're going to score points tomorrow. I don't think many other people expect them to score points tomorrow. But what do you think realistically will be the best uh, that Bottas can do with that car? Um, I think, honestly, at this point, the best thing that he can do 
is finished because I don't think he finished last race. Um, and they have quite a few DNFs that they've accumulated throughout the season. So honestly and truly, I think the only thing that he can do in that car is finish and he should be happy with that. Um, I think also if we're looking at best case scenario, um, is to finish just outside of the points and like 12th where he qualified, maybe 13th in that area. But I doubt a points finish is coming, especially with the shuffle that we're expecting tomorrow with drivers going up and down in places. There's not much really to expect from him and his team, which is sad because they're home and they should be, well, not should be, but well, yeah, should be. There should be like a spirit of, yay, we're home, we're racing, and it doesn't seem like we're getting that really. Um, so, yeah, we can only expect that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we can't only uh, really expect that. But um, the driver that we're going to move on to um, next um Tom is uh, Nick DeFries, uh, of course, stepped in last minute um, with Albon um, having appendicitis and having well, his appendix removed, I believe. Um, and he did a mighty job. He did a great job. He qualified 13th, um, but he will be starting in the top 10 with the penalties. Um, so my question is, Tom... If you're uh, Josh Capito now, who are you taking for that second seat? Because let's face it, Latifi needs to go. Do you really need to ask me this question? No. Yeah, I know. But who are you going to take for the seat next year? Are you going to take Nick DeFries, who's come in, done a great job, former E-World champion, or the man who, as we are watching right now, is about to win the Formula 2 championship, Felipe Drogovic? No. DeVries, he's won F2 already. He's won um, Formula E for Mercedes. He's got experience in the current F1 cars. You know, he's driving this weekend in V Williams. You know, at last minute as well, it's been like when DiResta was hot footed in after Felipe Massa was in Hungary in 2017. There's a there's Tom's fun fact for the day. Um, that was also the first time for a number of years that we didn't have a Brazilian on the grid um, before he retired. Another fun fact. Um, but yes, um, no, I, I would take DeVries. I think I think he's a bit more of a solid option. I think he and Albon will, excuse me, will push each other quite well. They are, um, you know, you know they'll, um, they'll sort of not ache each other on, but they'll push each other to do better. Excuse me, sorry, the hiccups. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, DeVries is outqualified the TV, Not that that's difficult um, already. You know, bearing in mind he had a lockup on his final run in Q2. Uh, I think if if that would have been Albin in the car, or or if the Vries would have had more time in that car, because obviously he's just hot footed into it after driving a different car in FP1 as well as Africa. So he's got to recalibrate, um, which in some ways may be harder than sort of coming in cold, so to speak. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, I, I think he's done a mighty job today. You, yeah, I think he, he and Albon next to each other. I think that'd be a really good pairing, and not just for one or two seasons. I think Williams can base a sort of like base foundation around those two. They could, um, they, they could get somewhere. 
Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just watching on now as Felipe Drogovic has just won the Formula 2 Championship. Um, amazing season from him. But yeah, I think you're, I think you are right in the sense that De Vries has so much more to, to, to kind of give Williams. And I think he'll be a, a really good, um, really good asset for them. If, of course, they choose to take him, that is not, we are, of course, we are going purely speculative. Latifi, for some reason, hasn't even, like, he's still assumed to be the driver for next year because we've heard nothing from Williams. But, uh, yeah, we, we're definitely hoping that changes. Um, we'll try and fly through the, sort of the rest of this group because it's all just a bit of a mess at the bottom. It's all going to change. But uh, 14th Olivia, Joe, I've, I think you'll probably echo a lot of what you said about Bottas. You know, all he's got to do is get that car to the end. Literally, that's all he can do at this point because he's had like, what, six DNFs in the season? Uh, five, I think, for Bottas or four. So it's 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 up there for not finishing um, races. So I think they really need to just finish. There's not much else that you can expect from them. Um yeah, I think one thing I will say about Joe is that he has so much potential um, and it's sad that he we haven't been able to see that potential um, throughout the season because there have been times where um, you see him up there and you're like, oh, wow, he's doing quite a good job and we haven't been able to see that consistently through. So I do hope that... For, for the future that Alfa Romeo continues in the development of the car in a way that we will be able to see um, Joe extract every ounce of potential from the car and from himself and put him in the points or just consistently finishing races or showing his driving ability because we really don't get to see much of his driving ability or maybe we just don't get to see it because it's not showcased as much, but I do think it's the former and not the latter. Mm, definitely. Um, then, uh, Tom, P15 for Yuki Sonoda. Um, I mean, it'll be starting from the back of the grid tomorrow, so this was fairly irrelevant. Um, I did recall, I think he was up to sixth at one point, but then immediately got pushed down once or the drive started going a lot faster but uh, it's pretty much what we've come to expect from Yuki this year nothing too flattering nothing too exciting but um, any expectations for him in the race tomorrow apart from maybe facing the other way at some point not really fair enough <laughs> <Move on. laughs> um, and then we've got another absolutely um, Something there's not really much to talk about, Olivia. We've literally spent five minutes talking about who's going to replace him. I mean, for for Nicholas Latifi, P16, being out qualified by someone who literally just stepped into the car, it does, it's not a great look. Yeah, no, it's really not. And I guess, like, there isn't much else you can say about Nicholas Latifi at this point because he's going to just slip down the rankings or down the grid and kind of just stay there um, for tomorrow. Um, there's, I mean, the only thing that he could have done was make sure that he wasn't out-qualified by or outperformed by 
Nick DeVries the first time he's in the car um, and he's already failed at doing so. So there's not much else you can expect from Nicholas Latifi, which is sad, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we all echo on this podcast as soon as he's gone. I think the, the better results we're going to start seeing from Williams. Um, P17 for Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Tom, not a great qualifying all round from Aston Martin. I may as well get you to talk about both of them continuing their seventh, they qualified 17th and 18th. Vettel was complaining a lot in his first run that he was having issues, had a second run and then missed out by less than a tenth. And I said this in our group chat, this seems to happen every race that Vettel gets knocked out in Q1 by less than a tenth and then at the end he's like really disappointed I'm like something's up here like why is it always like a tenth it's like he's it's like he's desperate to not bother driving that car as more than he's required to can you blame him it's absolutely dark um you know Vettel by this point we've got what after this weekend we've got what seven races left eight races left I think just gives the car to his race you know, Vettel, just go and enjoy your time. Go and enjoy your time with your wife and kids. You've been in F1 since 2006, and it's not going to really change anything. So, you know, just just take the money and run. Um, and as a stroll, well, you know, I mean, what else can we say? The, mm. you, know, you know, last weekend, I thought, oh, it's actually doing all right. And now we're back to normal. Um, he's out-qualified his teammate. I mean, well done. You've out-qualified someone who's got one foot out the door. Um, I don't he, know didn't, what else he didn't. He was, out, but he was behind. He didn't even out-qualify him, <laughs> did he? Oh, God, sorry, you're just so terrible. <laughs> Bear in mind you've had a pole position now. You've been in this sport since 2017. You've, you've, thought you'd be, you know, you've been on the front row here before, granted through grid penalties, but he's not been on the front row here. So just, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, Aston, I'm not expecting anything. They'll probably retire. Um, if they don't retire, they'll probably get lapped. Um, they'll be fine with Latifi, and that's, and that's like saying, which I want to be poked in, really. Uh, and for the sake of just uh, impartiality, I will say that Aston Martin has shown great race pace in recent races, and they'll often come from behind to finish uh, uh, well into the points. But um, we'll just quickly move on to the last two drivers, um, Olivia Magnussen and Schumacher. Schumacher, uh, I believe, had a lap time deleting. That's why he qualified dead last. And I think the same happened with Magnussen. Um, but that has is not looking quick. It's not looking competitive. And I think even with penalties, they're going to struggle tomorrow. So do I. Um, I mean, I think Mick was late to get into his car. Um, in Q1 because there was issues or they were repairing something but still even with penalties and even just it just doesn't look like it's going to be a good weekend for them I mean a good race for them it's already not looking like it's been a good weekend for them so I mean there's not much else to expect um, maybe Kevin Magnussen will no actually no like I really can't think of anything um, to say about them but I do think they will somehow be ahead of Nicholas Latifi because everyone is always somehow ahead of Nicholas Latifi and maybe also Yuki Sonoda. I don't think Yuki is looking at a good race this weekend. Um, so, yeah, at least they, I don't think they'll be last. That's what I will say. I don't think they'll be last, but I don't think they'll be 
anywhere closer to the point or yeah yeah i think it's the uh unfortunately they're they're kind of days in the sunlight at the start of the <laughs> the season have kind of uh gone away now and just kind of seeing just the reality of a not um developing your car as quick as the other uh, the teams and be just not having the quality of drivers maybe that could be argued that uh, the other teams have um i will say our fantastic producer aiden has actually sent me what looks looks like a grid tomorrow um i know that formula one have already at this point said that the free will be starting eighth which leads me to kind of believe um this um this uh, starting grid uh so according to this grid it is Leclerc will be pole george russell second with norris and ricardo on the second row gasly alonso then verstappen in seventh De Vries, uh, Joe Latifi will be starting in the top 10. God help us. Um, Vettel, Stroll, Perez, Ocon, Bottas, Magnussen, Schumacher, Sainz, Hamilton, and then Sonoda right at the very back. Um, so at the time of work, that's the sort of the closest we've got to an actual starting grid uh, for tomorrow. Um, but... I know as soon as we end this podcast, Formula One will release the official grid and everything that we've said will be completely out of date and you'll know better than us at this this time um, what the actual uh, grid for tomorrow is. But let's not worry about that and get on to the good old predictions. And I said uh, in in the preview show to this um to this race that I would be the romantic that George are the host had dreamed of that Ferrari would finish a one, two here. And I'm not going to deviate from that. I still think that it's going to be Charlotte Claire is going to win this race. It's going to do it for Ferrari. Um, <laughs> then Carlos signs second with Max Verstappen third. Tom, what do you say? No, the car's going to win, but it's then going to be Max and Russell on the podium, I think. Okay. And Olivia? Uh, Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing as Tom, but I think, yeah, I will say Leclerc's going to win. And then I will put George in second and Max in third. Fair enough. And... Then Tom, bold prediction. Eric finishes ahead of London Norris. And given how they're starting, that could be that could be a podium, Tom. <laughs> um, Olivia. Um. I think my two and three were already quite bold putting George in front of Max, but I will say maybe Lando on podium. Lando on the podium. I'm trying to think back to what I said on Monday for my bold prediction. Um, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it, what it was, but um, I'm going to... Uh, I don't know. 
I'm going to say that De Vries stays in the top ten and gets points on his on his debut. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. Um, but yeah, that is that is all from us today. If you're listening uh, to the show right now, you'll know that we do live stream all of our shows. But if you're listening later, just know that if you head to our YouTube channel, uh, F1 Chronicle, um, you will be able to watch all of these podcasts as they are made and to be able to interact, uh, leave comments. And we do post shows uh, to chat with you and interact a bit more. So if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure to do that. And also make sure to hit the notifications. So you are notified as soon as we are, as soon as we go live. Uh, and of course, we are also available on Spotify, Apple music, albums of music, Google podcasts, pocket casts, Omni studio, Verbal, as well as the F1 Chronicle website. Uh, you can just search for the F1 Grid Talk podcast. And you can also check out the write-out and the report uh, for qualifying on the F1 Chronicle website as well. We have a huge back catalogue of shows of 230 shows now, which is just insane. Uh, so if you are stuck with something to listen to before tomorrow's race, make sure to check one of those out. They're not all just race and qualifying reviews. Some are more sit down and just sort of chatting podcasts. And you should also check out our mid-season driver ratings, see how, you know, we rated the drivers up to just before Spa. Uh, and we also have a Patreon. So if you'd like to support the podcast for better mics, lights and recording equipment for all of our hosts, any support is greatly appreciated. And you can also support the podcast by getting some official Grid Talk merch, which I don't have in my hand right now. And I really should... <laughs> start bringing my mug onto the podcast but if you want to buy one that's at f1chronicle.com forward slash store now onto the good old plugs so tom you're from everything f1 but where can we find more from you uh yes find us across all the social media platforms so facebook twitter instagram tiktok uh not only fans though uh with the handle at join ef1 and we also have our website which is everythingf1.com uh, YouTube channel, if you search everything up when you'll find us. And also, uh, I mentioned the website and our podcast, the Everything Up One podcast, which usually goes out on a Wednesday or a Thursday, depending on editing. Um, yeah, and, and then on the website, you'll find you know, race reviews, quality reviews for F1, F2, F3, W Series, Formula E, and IndyCar, as well as opinion pieces, um, you know, sort of like historical. Historical facts on this day, all, all, all that, all that good stuff. So yeah, check us out. And Olivia, as a F one writer, where can people find your work? Um, you can find all of my work on my Twitter page at Cairo Olivia. Um, I write, and whoever takes my articles publishes them, and then you can find more there. Amazing. And if you want to, uh, want to see any more from me, uh, just stick around and listen to the podcast. I am one of the co-hosts on here. So along with Tom now, who will be um, hosting the, the race show tomorrow. Um, and yeah, if you want to check, uh, just subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're really pushing for 800 subscribers. We're trying to get on that road to a thousand. So any support and any sub is really appreciated. So please make sure to do that. Um so I want to thank all of my guests for joining me today. We'll be back tomorrow at 5 p.m. British summertime. I think we're still in summertime. Um, but until then, stay safe and goodbye.